Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hi, Krishna. So we'd like to welcome everyone to the program this afternoon. Prabhupada, when he first opened the first Iskon Temple in New York, he also started a Sunday program whereby those who live at home have the opportunity to come. Can everyone hear me clearly? Should we make it louder? Make it louder. Can you hear me in the back? Okay. So where those living at home can come to the temple on Sunday, take part in spiritual activities, and rejuvenate their spiritual commitment. So I believe the topic today is, I forgot myself, how to succeed in spiritual life. Did you get that on your SMS? <laughs> How many of you remember the topic? Okay. So I was asked to give a topic. The topic is how to succeed in spiritual life. So we all know that everybody wants to succeed in whatever he's doing, am I right? Yes. Let's say you're a professional. What's your goal? To remain stagnant? To, make the, to get demoted or to get promoted? The three options, what do you prefer? Huh? Nobody likes being demoted? Nobody likes being stagnant? You don't get a pay raise for 15 years. How do you feel? You feel like walking out. So in material life, virtually in any area that you engage in, you want to move ahead, am I right? Yes. But when it comes to spiritual life, we don't seem to have that mentality. When it comes to spiritual life, we take it very casually. Even though this is the most essential of all activities. So in material life, whatever you're doing, studying, whatever, you want to move ahead. So our topic for today's discussion is how to make progress on the spiritual path. And this would only appeal to those who want to make progress. If somebody doesn't want to make progress, what can you do? Can you do anything? I'm sure all of you have experience that on occasions you invite your friends and relatives, but they don't respond positively, am I right? They'll give you some excuse or the other. Oh, I'm sick, I'm busy, I'm there. I have a wedding engagement. And the real reason is they don't have much interest in spiritual life. Whereas the sages and the scriptures have guided us that we should, we should make progress on the spiritual path. All of you sitting here are sitting here because you have interest in spiritual life. Am I right? Yes. Otherwise, why would you be here? You're not getting any 
economic incentive in coming here. He's not getting any privileged position in Trump administration by coming here. He's not getting any privileges in coming here. But he's still coming here because you have some interest in spiritual life. Now, you can either maintain that interest or your goal can be that I want to make spiritual advancement. Making spiritual advancement doesn't mean that one has to abandon his material responsibilities. For example, most of you sitting in the audience are householders. You have a family. You have children. You have a job to do, a profession to maintain, a duty to educate your children, etc. So uh, what, making spiritual advancement doesn't mean the one has to abandon these duties. In the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, we read about a dialogue between King Yudhishthir and the great sage Narada Muni. Narada Muni was a great sage, and he's considered to be one of the incarnation incarnation of the Lord. Yudhishthir Maharaj was also enlightened. It's not that he was a commoner like us, but still for our pleasure and our benefit, Yudhishthira Maharaj asked a question. He told Narada Muni, how can we, those of us who are living at home, how can we attain perfection based on the scriptures? So his question was, how can I make, how can I achieve perfection how can I make spiritual advancement? Because I live at home, and he wanted to know based on the Vedic scriptures. So now the money response said, associate with saintly people, earn a livelihood, and take guidance from saintly people. In other words, everyone regardless of which Varnanashram he belongs to, can make spiritual progress if he so chooses to do, do so. It's a question of determining priorities in life. It's a question of understanding what is most essential. Unfortunately, we live in an environment where spirituality is virtually on the bottom of the list. Am I right? Everything else is important. Going to seminars and doing a job, etc. But spirituality is considered least important. That is unfortunate. So, the scriptures say we should endeavor to improve on the spiritual path. The question is, how can you improve? For that, we have guidance. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, while explaining to Sanatana Goswami, emphasized five important principles for spiritual advancement. The The first one was, I'm sure you've heard this before, there's nothing that you're going to hear today. It's something that you're going to hear for the first time. You've heard our philosophy many times again 
and again. But unfortunately, we, the conditioned souls, hear from one ear, goes out from the other ear, and we forget what we heard. Am I right? Yes. So we need to hear on a regular basis, consistent basis, so that we are reminded of the goal of life. Just like in the advertising industry in, in business. Do you see the product being advertised again and again? Yes. Apple. <laughs> Apple telephones. Well, I, you see the ads everywhere. Samsung. See the ads everywhere. What are they trying to do? You already know there's a brand known as Apple Telephone and Samsung and so on. But they're trying to remind you the next time you want a cell phone, buy our brand. So we need to regularly hear that has been emphasized to be reminded as to how we can make progress in spiritual life. One important tool is spiritual association. Sadhu Sangha. You virtually hear that every day. And I believe they had a big Sadhu Sangha festival in North Carolina yes. recently, which about 2,500 devotees took part. Mm -hmm. We have a Sadhu Sangha festival that we hold every year in the Black Sea in Russia. Have any of you been to the Black Sea? The water is white, but they call it black. <laughs> anyway. It's supposed to be the warm area of Russia. And we have a Sadhu Sangha festival every year with seven to 8,000 Russian devotees participating. So why do they come? They come from great distance. And many of them live in tents. Why? Because they value the importance of Sadhu Sangha. If you have the opportunity to associate with genuine saintly people, then you're going to hear philosophy that's going to help you make spiritual progress. And spiritual association helps us to make spiritual progress. In English, there's a famous phrase, a man is known by the company he keeps. So the company we keep influences our lifestyle. Like you see drunkards hanging out with drunkards. Am I right? Gamblers with gamblers. Gays with gays. You see all that in society. A man associates. A man is influenced by his association. So if you have genuine sadhu sangha, then you get the real message. And the real message is, we chant the holy names of the Lord. In the scriptures it is said, Kali Kali Nama Rupa Krishna Avatar. In Kali Yoga, the Lord incarnates in his holy name. In the Srimad Bhagavatam 6th canto, you read about the dialogue between Emperor Parikshit and the sage Sukadeva Goswami. Parikshit was the emperor of the planet and he was cursed by a Brahmin boy. You're going to die at the end of seven days. 
Prakshir Maharaj was totally dependent on the Lord. And he thought he did not protest or pray against it. So he asked Shukadeva Goswami many questions. And in the sixth canto he says, how can the tendency to commit sinful actives be cleansed from the heart? For example, he said, an elephant takes a bath in a lake. Then the elephant comes out of the water, sits in the mud, becomes dirty, again goes back to the lake. So he was saying, what's the value of sinning and atoning? I sin today, and tomorrow I atone. I sin today, tomorrow I atone. The forms of atonement may vary. Some people may believe. I go to the temple on Sunday and, and atone. Some say I go to the church. Some people in India go to the theaters. People go to kumbhelas, often with the intention of atoning. But unless we cleanse the heart, the sinful tendency will not go away. So then Shukadeva Goswami revealed the story of Ajamil. We don't have time to discuss the story. But the conclusion of the story is Ajamil was saved when he was chanting the names of the Lord. So chanting the names of the Lord is a very ancient practice. It's common in all bona fide religions. And there are many names of the Lord, but the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra is described as the Maha mantra. What does it do? Cleanses the heart, gives us real happiness. Prahlad Maharaj in the seventh candle says, Nata Vidum Swatakatim Vishnu. People do not know how real happiness can be found. So this chanting of the holy name is a very ancient process. In our Vedas it is explained that there are four principal ages. What are the four ages? In Satyuga, the process of meditation was meditating on the Lord. The lifespan was 100,000 years. Now in today's environment, if you tell in Satyuga the lifespan was 100,000 years, what would most people say? Where is this evidence coming from? We don't believe it. But we believe in the scriptures. So the lifespan was 100,000 years, and the principal process was meditation on the Lord. The people would meditate up to 60,000 years. Then came Treta Yoga, in which the lifespan gets reduced 10 times. That means how much? 10,000 years. And the lifespan was, and the process was very elaborate. Yagyas, in which you needed pure brahmanas and pure ingredients. And these brahmanas were so powerful that they would ignite fire just by chanting mantras. They didn't have to use your modern day cigarette lighters or matches. And the process was 
the yagyas you needed, pure ingredients. Then came Dwarpa Yoga, when the lifespan gets reduced further, how much? Ten times, thousand years. And the process was elaborate worship of the Lord. In Kali Yoga, the lifespan is a maximum of hundred years. Am I right? Of course, in America, the lifespan is bigger, longer than the other countries. What's the male lifespan here? 80. In Russia, I think in the 50s, because they drink so much vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so the lifespan varies from country to country. The maximum is 100. And by and large, people are misguided. They are spiritually lazy. They are unfortunate, and they are quarrelsome. Is that true that people are quarrelsome? Yeah, do you see quarrels in America? I was, uh, the other day I'd gone to see an ENT doctor in Washington. And while waiting for him, the TV was on. And there were some prominent speak people speaking on the TV. I'm not going to mention the names. And they were so vigorously attacking their opponent that it reminded one of India. <laughs> the point is, people are quarrelsome in this age. Doesn't matter where you go. So in this in this environment, the Lord has given us a very very simple process that is the chanting of the holy names of the Lord. Now, in order to find time to chant. We, of course, need determination. One of the books that Prabhupada wrote is a book called Sri Upadeshramit, published as Nectar of Instruction. This book is compiled by a sage called Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami is one of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. And we Vaishnavas who follow in his footsteps are also known as Rupanugas. They mean those who follow Rupa Goswami. So Rupa Goswami at one time <clears throat> he was serving in the government of a very powerful Muslim king called Nawab Hussein Shah. But he was not so happy. And with great difficulty he was able to free himself from that commitment. And then Lord Chaitanya instructed him for 10 days on the process of devotional service and instructed him to go to Vrindavan, identify places where the Lord had performed his pastimes, write books on devotional service, and to construct temples. Constructing temples is a very ancient tradition, very ancient tradition. And since time, since 5,000 years, temples are being constructed. For example, even now, yesterday I was giving you the story of Madhavanda Puri, the deity of Gopal, which is today there in the temple of Nadwara in northern India was installed nearly 5,000 years ago. 
So this is a very ancient tradition, building a temple for the Lord, where the Lord resides, and where the Lord is worshipped. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Rupa Goswami to also construct temples. Temples is, temples is nothing but residence of the Lord. A few years ago, I was in the Middle East, in the Middle East. And almost every few steps we walked, every few blocks, there was a mosque. Every few in Dubai. So I was curious, who finances these mosques? Is it done by the royal family or the government? And the devotees told me, no, these are all individually sponsored. It's a tradition in Islamic culture that before you build your own house, you build the house of the Lord. I think it's a very healthy tradition. We may believe our tradition is the opposite, <laughs> but they say it's a very healthy tradition. Before you build your own house, you build the temple of the Lord. So building temples is also one of Prabhupada's main goals. Prabhupada said, I can sleep underneath a tree like the Goswamis of Vrindavan. But if I sleep underneath a tree, people will not come. If you have a nice temple, you attract people to the temple. We have experience in India, especially in our principal temples, where after the temples were built, like in Juhu, Bombay, over 100,000 people come every day. So, so Rupa Goswami was instructed also to, to build temples. So Rupa Goswami, based on the instruction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, wrote many books. Prabhupada especially translated two of them. One is called Nectar of Devotion. And the other is called? Both the books are very, very useful if you want to make spiritual advancement. I was personally present in 1970 in Los Angeles when Prabhupada had just received an advanced copy of the Nectar of Devotion. And Prabhupada, the temple room was packed and Prabhupada lifted the book and said, this is the law book of the Krishna conscious movement. Everyone should read it. So these are the law books. So Rupa Goswami in Sri Upadeshramit gives us guidelines how we can make spiritual progress. He says, Utsahad Nishya Dharyat Tata Karma Pravatanat Sangat Yagya Satavrite Sadvir Bhaktir Prasidat if you want to advance spiritually, if you want to make spiritual progress, utsaha. What does utsaha mean? Be enthusiastic. Why not? Who are you serving? Some ordinary personality? No. There was once in a village a simple man whose only desire in life was to serve the most important person. 
So he did a survey, asked people, who is the most important man in this village? And they said, oh, the man who owns that big grocery store, he's the most important man in town. So he went to that man and said, can I have the privilege of serving you? And the grocery store man said, sure. But then he saw that an individual would come from the king's office to collect taxes from the shopkeeper. And when he would come, the shopkeeper would be very hospitable. So he concluded that treasure may be more important than the shopkeeper. So he asked the treasurer, can I have the privilege of serving you? And the treasurer said, sure. But then he saw that the treasurer of the king was also saluting somebody. And he was saluting the king. So he said, it looks like the king is more important than the treasurer. So I should serve the king. So he went to the king and approached him. Can I have the privilege of serving you? The king said, okay. But then he saw the king was also saluting somebody else. Who was he saluting? He was saluting a saintly man. Sadhu, guru. So he concluded that the guru must be more, more important than the king. So he started serving the king with his permission. But then he saw that the sadhu also was offering respects to somebody, bowing down and serving him. And who was that? Krishna, the Supreme Lord. Then he became a servant of the Supreme Lord. So we have the privilege of serving the most important personality. So naturally we should be enthusiastic. In material life we are enthusiastic for material goals. Then what does Rupa Goswami say? Nishchayat, which means determination. Determination is very important in material life. And it's also important in spiritual life. I see students in India when they are aiming to enter a privileged institution like IIT, how they struggle and study for years and years with determination. And if one achieves some material goals, you also need determination. So determination similarly it's also needed if you want to progress spiritually. And why not? After we are, we're aiming at an ambitious goal, and, uh, and then, we have to be patient. You can't expect that now you've taken a spiritual life, instantly Krishna is going to come and speak to you. Tata karma pravatanat. Follow the Instructions given by the scriptures. Sangatyage. Minimize worldly association. 
and live with saintly people. So Rupa Goswami gives us guideline how one can make spiritual advancement. And in this book he also gives us guideline how your devotional service can be spoiled. Atyahara Prayasha Sharpajalpanyamagra Jansangachalolyamcha Sadvi Bhakti Vinashati. So by reading these books, we get knowledge how we can make spiritual progress. So our goal should be that we make some endeavor to make spiritual progress. And if we make spiritual progress, we can find true happiness. Everybody in the material world is looking for happiness. And the spiritualist is looking for the genuine thing. These days in your American media, there's a lot of talk about fake news. Is that right? You know, you would hear about that earlier, but these are almost a daily mention. Fake news, fake news. So there's also something known as fake happiness. You understand? Fake happiness means artificial or unrealistic happiness. So we, by taking the spirituality, we're able to cultivate real happiness. So all of you are very in interested You'll, uh, you'll have a spiritual interest in life. That's why you come here. Our request would be to take advantage of these books. For, for example, this book, Obdesha Med, only has 11 verses in it. But each of these verses has such a deep message. And Srila Prabhupada has written very elaborate purpose to make it easy for us to understand. In Prabhupada's books you may have seen, we have the original text, the word-by-word -word meaning, translation, and purpose. Now why did Prabhupada endeavor to go through such a tough procedure? Simple reason. He wanted to show in an authentic manner, what is the philosophy? So he gave word, 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 word meaning. But very often we see translators doing word jugglery and misrepresenting Krishna's message. For example, Papa's presentation of Bhagavad Gita, what is it called? So many times across the world, people want to know why is it called as it is? The reason Prabhupada said as it is, because he wanted to present Krishna's teachings the way Krishna spoke and Arjuna accepted. So, in this book, Sri Upadeshwara Myth, you will find direction how you can make spiritual progress. You will find information how your spiritual life can be ruined. You'll find information about the different types of relationships that can be held amongst devotees. Rupa Goswami says we can have six, six types of rasas amongst devotees. One rasa is to give in charity. 
And the second is? Accepting charity. What do we have to give in charity? What do we have to give in charity? Knowledge. This knowledge is there in proper books. And we accept in charity. Reveal your mind in confidence and take instructions. Sir Prashad and eat Prashad. So Upadeshama defines, explains how we can make spiritual progress. And Rupa Goswami also says, the holy names of the Lord are sweet like sugar candy. The pastimes of the Lord are sweet like sugar candy. But because we are afflicted with the disease of avidya, we cannot experience the sweetness of the holy name. Just like in a mundane situation, you, you may have something very palatable, poor, pizza or samosas, but if you have a fever, will you be able to taste it? No. But then as the fever comes down, you'll be able to experience it, experience the taste. So similarly, avidya means ignorance or unlimited material desires. And because of that, we can't taste the sweetness of the holy name. But if your goal is to make spiritual advancement, then your material fever will come down and your spiritual fever will go up. And you will be able to taste the sweetness of the Holy Name. So I request all of you who are more or less regular visitors to Radha Madan Mohan Temple, is please make an effort to make spiritual progress. And Prabhupada is to say, Krishna is so kind. If you take one step towards him, he'll take ten steps towards you. Krishna says, those who worship me with devotion, I preserve what they have, and I make up what they lack. So we may be lacking determination, enthusiasm, but if we make a sincere effort, Krishna will help. And we should regularly read proper books to, to get inspiration. Prabhupada endeavored hard to translate these books. And these books have changed the lives of unlimited people around the world. Prabhupada's books have been translated in over 90 languages of the world. And in every corner, people have purified themselves by reading these books. How many of you regularly read Prabhupada's books? How many of you have Bhagavad Gita as it is at home? I knew it would be 100%. The next question is a tougher one. How many of you read the Bhagavad Gita every day? <laughs> so 100% have the book, have books. And how many read the Bhagavad Gita every day? I would say roughly 8%. 92% of the devotees present have the book. Well, they're too busy to read. How many of you have the Srimad Bhagavatam at home? Set. I thought it would be 100%. And how many of you read the Srimad Bhagavatam daily? 
So we need to make an effort to read more. Lord Chaitanya was on a tour of southern India and he came to a temple, Sri Rangam, where there was a simple uneducated Brahmin holding the Gita in the front and reciting 18 chapters of the Gita. But because he was uneducated, some shlokas he would pronounce correctly, some incorrectly. In many shlokas he would not even understand the meaning. But he was instructed by his spiritual teacher to recite 18 chapters of the shlokas every day. And when he would be reciting, tears of ecstasy would be visible. His body would display symptoms of ecstasy and tears would come out of his eyes. So Lord Chaitanya happened to be there and he could recognize that the Brahmin was exhibiting genuine symptoms. So he asked the Brahmin, what is making you display these symptoms? So the Brahmin explained the whole story how the Guru had ordered him and he's trying to carry out the order he knows that people are laughing at him, still, it, still he's executing the Guru's order. And when he sees the humility of the Supreme Lord, who became the chariot driver of his devotee, then he was displaying these symptoms. So Lord Chaitanya embraced him and said, you have really understood the meaning of the Gita. And he then kept him with him for four months and instructed him on the science of the Gita. So Prabhupada in the purport says, here is an example of a devotee who followed his guru's order, was reading the Gita every day. And the end result was that God came to see him. So we should make it a point to read the Gita every day read at least one shloka with purport, you will find that this will give you peace of mind, free you of any depression, tension, and make you blissful. And there's no financial fee for this. So please do it. And of course, chant the Hare Krishna Mahamud. Hare Krishna. Oh, you want to take questions? Yeah, you can take. Yeah. You can take a few minutes. Yeah. So, if uh, anyone has some questions, Maharaj can take a few questions. He said. Yes. Karen Wait for the mic. Oh, here. It's a self-realized audience, so they may, they may not have too many questions. <laughs> Yes. Go ahead, Karen. Maharaj. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much for your talk. I'm just a beginner. Would you add a little color or say anything about this notion of perfection? Perfection. Yeah, and, and okay. where I grew up. Perfection. Perfection. To reach perfection. Did you not say that? <laughs> the spiritual path to get you towards perfection. I'm, I have no idea what that is. Just, I'm from the Western, and in our Jewish well, culture... I, uh, but what I meant by spiritual progress or perfection was that we become more and more determined 
to follow the spiritual path. Many times we hear about the importance of the spiritual path. We hear the philosophy, but we don't pursue the path with determination. Whereas the gist, what I said was that we should take part in these activities so that we can become more attached to following the process. Attached. Yeah. So attached is easier. Attached, to be more attached, like I'm attached to singing Hare Krishna. I can't, I love it so much. I have no idea why. I love all the chants, but... You're, you're intelligent. That's right. I said you're intelligent. That's no, how you love it. No, it's it. not about that. It's emotional. It's what Ananda said on Facebook. It's all the chants end up doing the same thing, but I have a personal affection for the Maha Mantra, maybe from coming to the temple, but I'm very attached to it. So this I understand. Not perfection, but... Longing attachment. That's Beautiful. A, that's most important. Thank you. Thank you, Maharaj. Other questions? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Hare Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj, for the wonderful class. I, uh, you mentioned about uh, Lord becoming the de uh, the charioteer of his own devotee. So my question is about, um, so Krishna actually became the charioteer of Arjuna. He didn't become the charioteer of uh, Bhishma or Yudhishthira. But why is it that only Bhishma and Yudhishthira are considered to be Mahajans and not Arjuna? Arjuna is an eternal companion of the Lord. But if Bhishma and Yudhishthira are Mahajans, you can only put, you can have unlimited number of Mahajans, but Arjuna also is almost like a Mahajan. He was a recipient of the philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna said, I'm giving this knowledge to you because you are my most confidential friend and devotee. Therefore, you can understand the transcendental secrets of this great science. So Krishna gave Arjuna a very privileged position. Other questions? Okay. So we want to take this opportunity again to thank so much His Holiness Gopal Krishna Maharaj for coming and giving his association.